Right, I'm in, I'm in self-isolation with Levy around the corner. A new technique to see how the, the football might pan out. Talk us through it. Absolutely unbelievable. The way it's laid up, obviously. This is quality, mate. We can get started. You think your feet sit football team is finished, don't you, right? Yeah. But it's not at all. Far, far from it. If you've got FIFA 20, it just carries on as normal. Who, would you, who should we have this weekend? Let's just, let's just pick, not Forest one. Say Preston away, right? Yeah. So, but when you see it, you're going to go, what an idea. Dragon's Den, if they have me here now, seriously, mate, if Dragon's Den was here now, Deborah Meaden will be saying, I'm in. So, you get to the middle of it there, right? So you just press advance, yeah? Yeah, so the, the pop, you, your controller's on either, not on either side. It's no, in the it's in the middle, right? Yeah. So we've got Derby County. Let's, let's we'll get away from Forest because I no, do that feel could a go, bit, That could go wrong. I feel a little bit sick. So let's play the next. So play Preston. Should we have Preston? Yeah. So you press, we're home, there. Yeah. We won't go for the yellow kick, but if click, no, that's even worse. Yellow, yellow kick, yeah? Yeah. Right, so now we just play match, and we sit back, and we enjoy the pleasure of live football. Is so it four and a half minutes? <laughs> if you want that, I haven't met, I've gone with the four minutes. I had a 20-minute game yesterday, but after, I had Liverpool yesterday, Liverpool-Everton, and it ended up, it ended seriously, right? So I ain't touching anything now, look. Nothing at all, right? So there's the controller, I'll leave that there like that. Live football. <laughs> Might have to press that. Right, so I'll press that just to get it going. My controller, Blake, is now not in my hand, is it, Blake? No, Look. no. Watch this. And we're off, kid. We're on, mate. We're on. Go on, Darby. <laughs> no, I'll tell you now, mate. You get a few beers down. You sat the afternoon, the lads round. No. No. Go to him. Oh, the tackle. See what I mean? That's it. Oh! <laughs> See what I mean? It's just what like watching the game, innit? What a save. It's the same watching the game, mate, innit? Oh, go on. Now, there you see, mate. I mean, oh, he's got to bury that. He's got to bury that, that Week in, week out, son, they are. Not a bad game, is it? Yeah, I like it. I'm loving it. I'm <laughs> good to that. Right. You celebrate with straight in the crowd, but I don't know what he's got to do. I mean, it was that bad last week, mate, when that coronavirus first got announced, mate. I turned this on, there was no one in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> telling you mate they were on the ground no fans there so you can also go a little bet on it when you're watching it sit down first goal scored do you know what I mean because yeah. you don't know mate it is literally a game of football isn't it yeah got to be free ball now now pass it it's got to be it's got to be go on and again square it square it you oh. look it absolute idiot this is why I didn't watch Derby yesterday because it frustrates me frustrates me it's incredibly realistic. Half time at Pride Park, it's Derby County nil, Preston nil. Right, the stats at half time. We've had four shots, they've had six. We've had one on target, we've had three on target. 55 possession to us, 45 to them. Tackles two to us, then three. The rest of it is absolute rammel. No, hold on. Oh, cheeky back in. Go on. What a ball. What Go on. a ball. Look up. What a ball. Pass, Lawrence, pass. Go. Yes! 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 yes. 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 Come on, boy! We're back in now. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? We're back in. Come on, Tom. Come on, Derby. Just under 20 minutes to play. At Pride Park, Derby County 1, Preston off and Great ball again. If you just not on there, what a nod on there. Acres for Malone. Acres Malone, for Spaghetti Malone. Legs. Please whip it in. Whip it. A team with one. Yes! Get in there! Unbelievable! Oh my God! Yo, what the fuck? Who are you? Who are you? Well, take a goal. 
The crowd is mental. I've seen Marriott score a goal like that. Mm. Just gets ahead of his marker at the near post and uses the outside of his foot to flick it in. Great goal that was. Derby 2, Preston 1. Just scenes now. That's my boy. That's what Rambo used to say. Obviously, we've got to talk about it. Even if he's gone back to his seat. Now he's gone, he's gone. He... Yes, yes. Yeah. It's only good three points for Derby. Full time, Derby County 2, Preston North M1. Didn't play too bad. Keep kept in the first half. Um, but Patterson should hang his head in shame. Because when he come on, he had two one on ones and messed them both up. That's the first bit of football I've watched in nearly two weeks. Sometimes, mate, it comes out to goal difference, so thanks a lot, Patterson. This weekend, mate, I'm going to sit here, get the game down here, every single one, and drink all that beer that's in my kitchen. And I've got a bottle of whiskey somewhere as well. That's what I'm going to do this weekend. Wake up Monday morning, it's all been a dream. <laughs> Sean, I think a lot of the point of what we want to get from this particular interview is we want to go right back to the start, mate, if possible, okay. and talk about where where the Happy Mondays started from, and, and from our knowledge, you are one of the absolute forefathers of, of the rave scene in Manchester, um, and we'd just like to get a sense of, of, of six of your dysfunctional account. characters getting together <laughs> with learning difficulties. It's like, the UK, <laughs> it's like the UK's Breakfast Club, isn't it? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have seen that movie, but not since when it came out. So I can, I don't really know what the fuck that is about. They all end up in detention on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, right. And between them all, they're all very dysfunctional. Okay, well. Highly recommended. And then we are now, you know, dysfunctional adults with even more complicated learning difficulties. I've got your book about the Hacienda, actually. Not Hooky's book, is it? It is Hooky's ah, book. It is Hooky's book. Okay. Well, what's your take on this whole... Well, look, how there, it's somewhere in there, Hooky says, like, he comes out with something like, no, it's rubbish, people, there were loads of people on here in this book. Because I haven't reading, read it. I haven't read it, because <laughs> I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really... I, do a lot of reading, I should do more reading, but I don't. A lot of your stuff's visual, visual, visual. If we're reading it, we're visual, it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah we're visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, contagious, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, it's contagious. What? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I get a bunch of pictures in my head and I write comic strip stories, you know, I mean, uh, which come from anywhere, you know, bits of the news, bits of what people said, you know, and I, my job is to put that together. Some of it's real life, some of it's bullshit, and I mix it together and make a song. Is it true or is it a myth that you was one of the first people to introduce the ecstasy in that scene in, in Manchester? He's one of the forefathers of bringing that in. Was that, would you, a big My pals brought it in. Yeah, yeah the, the first day, uh, we was living, I was living in Amsterdam at the time, and one of the lads that I was living with over there brought some back in some toothpaste in the toothpaste tube and brought it back and that was the first year that coming to Manchester and then three guys that started bringing it in and that was when because yeah. what you got to understand is the Hacienda opened in 1982 and the Hacienda was empty so the beginning of 1987 the only time you got the 2,000 people in there 
was if the Smiths was on, or New Order was on, or Orange Juice was on, or whatever Edwin Collins or you know uh, bands that came. That was the only time that it was full, so it was open up, you know, most of the week, and it was fucking empty. You know, you could go in there on a on a Wednesday night, and there'd be seven people in. That all changed when the uh, when the ear right. So where did the Happy Mondays fit into that whole timeline? When when did you really start to to notice it was snowballing and and really start start to feel as if you you were also part of that scene as a band? Well, we was given a bunch of pills, <laughs> <laughs> and our job was to sell them. You know, when you first make, well, you know, we didn't make any money out of the music business. You know, we made our first album in 1986 and the first 12 inch and and singles was around about 84 or something like that and you know you you didn't there was no advances you didn't get advances off factory records no all this oh yeah we signed to factory well none of that happened nobody signed to factory records until the 90s when you know uh, pills and frills was a hit album and then because you was getting visited by all the uh, the record companies from London, and Factory was then bothered about them being poached, then that's when the first contracts came out and people started getting, you know, advances, small amounts of money, you know, uh, as an advance. But there was there was none of that. So basically, you know, we didn't make any money off any of those albums till Pills and Frills came out. When Pills and Frills came out in 19. 19- 90 or whatever it was, or 89, 8, 90. Then the back catalogue sold just as many copies as Pills and Frills. So that was it. But for, you know. Did you still find exactly the same enjoyment, if not more, during that time? Like, money aside, like, was it was it difficult? Well, was I mean, it frustrating? I've, I've been an arty motherfucker for a long time, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, but at the end of the day. The I mean, I, are not in Manchester, I, of course you are. And none of us had plan B's. You know, we didn't have a plan B and we didn't have jobs working in McDonald's or whatever there was no plan b so i suppose you scrimp and scrape don't you so that you can perform music and, and get off your nut like, yeah and then it becomes the... easier when your pals give you a bunch of fucking ecstasy <laughs> so, you know and it was 25 quid a pill then it started off at the mdma ones was 50 quid a pot then it was 25 for a while and then we settled at 15. could you tell us a bit about how the band came together because i know your dad was very musical wasn't he According, according, according to Matt Greenhouse, my old bloke was a fucking, according to the blur that was released, my old bloke was a fucking guitar hero for himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard you compare him to Jim Royal before, is that more of the... Yeah, yeah. look, look <laughs> my dad did everything, you know, he was a postman, but then he, he, he did the Irish clubs, he did the folk clubs, he did, he, he did the comedy clubs, you know, I mean, played banjo, fucking accordion, the one thing he didn't play was guitar. So, uh, yeah, you know, my dad dabbled in that. And then when the band, when our band, we got our band starting to take off, then we all bloke chucked that in and came with us. Obviously, when you're there getting stoned, shagging birds, smoking weed, doing heroin, smoking crack, fucking dropping in, your old bloke's on the scene as well. You know, you've got to get over that, that is your dad, and then your dad becomes one of the lads. <laughs> and then that ruins your fucking relationship with your old fella yeah. for a long time, yeah, you know. Yeah. All jokes aside. So, yeah, but, you know, I mean, music, you know, I mean, fucking hell, I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't like doing sound checks 
I'd turn up at the venue, you know, and, and the old bloke would be there on stage with a band doing the fucking sound check, singing all the songs, you know, I mean, he really loved it. Did you see music as a passion that you wanted to want to do, or what, did you see it more as a, a way out of getting out of Salford and maybe you making it? You didn't really think it, look. Or was that my overthinking that? No, 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 no. To be honest, I, I didn't even... I grew up around music, right? Huge family with cousins and everything. And my auntie Mary's family was 11 of them at all different ages, so I got to have... Fucking catching beef art rubbed down my ear, Elton John, uh, all the fucking skinhead stuff, you know, or ska music, reggae, uh, you know, uh, Northern Soul, Motown, Group Bowie, a lot, right, with all the family into different things. So music was always there, and, and I always loved music, but it wasn't something I ever thought about going doing it as making a living out of it, you know, I mean, and it wasn't music that got me into being a musician. In in the early 70s, I went to watch two movies. One was called That Would Be Day with Ringo Starr and uh, David Essex in, and the, and the other one was Stardust. So it was like these two movies following this made-up rock star called Jim McLean, and the whole thing was wrote by this scouser who grew up in the swinging 60s scene in Liverpool. So he basically wrote this script and made they made these two films. And when I went to watch that, you know, I was always thinking, oh, if I'm going to do anything, I'll be an actor. And I went and watched that, and then went, fuck yeah, I'm going to have a bit of that, but I'm not going to die as a, with an heroin overdose. But I'm going to do that. My personal experience of being in films came from we did a homage to a, a Nottingham-based film called Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. Don't know if you've ever seen it. We are with Finney. Albert Finney, yeah. Yeah, of course he has. Yeah, I mean, so Albert's from Salford. Yeah, is, is he from Salford, is he? Yeah, wouldn't Because at, at that particular time, the working class actor was never represented in major British films. Well, Finney was one of the first. I mean, Ben Kingsley's from Salford as well. And Ben Kingsley and, and, and Albert Finney set up the Salford Players Theatre. And when I was a teenager, I went to that. So did you used to double... Was you just that that was out there just... Anything that would get me out of doing schoolwork. I mean... <laughs> Essentially, you know, is okay. Yeah, yeah. Dyslexia and, 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 and I'm ADD. I'm not yes, hyperactive. I'm attention. And basically, whatever yeah. goes into my nut is gone. Yeah. I don't take in information. So, unless it's penned down through music, you, you're going to lose it. Well, that's how I learned my alphabet. I mean, I was 26 yeah. or 24 when I learned my alphabet through singing it. So, anything that would get me out of doing normal lessons. And then, you know, I mean, you know, when I was at school, I, I was 15 and left school. So I ended up, you know, I got a job as a, a messenger boy. Did that come through? Your dad was a poet. Well, that actually, yeah. I mean, I couldn't pass the exam. And you, you get in if your family was in there. Yeah. But me, the one that spun it, really, was my granddad was drinking buddies yeah, with the fucking yeah. postmaster general, yeah. the <laughs> big boss. So, you know, I mean, I pretty much failed the test. But, you know, it's like... It's because you don't do the test, you can do the work. My dad was a roadie for status quo for 15 years and then became a postman afterwards. So right, there's okay. obviously something that is connected with the delivering letters. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, uh, it's just uh, you know, a pretty fucking easy job to get if you're a stomped... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so roll out of bed at six, don't buy two straight well, in the bruiser, yeah. right? Now. Well, yeah, you know the score. Where do we go from here? Where should we, where well, should we, we delve about, into? Can we talk about the film? Yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. 
I don't know a lot about the film. I know my cousin's in it and he's playing you. That's about as far as, yeah. as the actual... Yeah, I mean, that's uh, brilliant. I mean, from day one, when it was ever first discussed, I mean, I wanted Jack to, to do me, you know what I mean? He's like the best fucking young British actor. Yeah, I'll around. fully, fully, yes, and yeah. I know we're biased here. We're biased. Stay up, stay up. But in terms of, <laughs> of versatility, in terms of, of pure gritty in this particular day and age, he's he's ridiculously talented, that man. Is. Really, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Really good. I was really impressed. Yeah. yeah. He, he just seems to be able to pick up a guitar or pick up a script. Oh, yeah, he surprised me with his guitar playing yeah, as well. He's a good yeah, guitarist, yeah. man. Mm. Another man in the room who's is going to have a, a little bit of part of it. I think you've, you may have seen him. I think just before we started recording, it commented on how you watch, you watch his hair grow on telly. Oh, watch his hair grow. The murderous doctor. The murderous doctor, yeah. James Boris is with us. How much of a pleasure is it to. Oh, it's a great pleasure, man. Like, it's, a, it's a massive, you know, I mean, it's a massive part of history, isn't it? You know, for a lot of people, you know, and it's. It, you know, I, I, it was crazy how it happened really. I went for a drink with Jack. Jack rang me, he's like, I'm in Manchester. I was filming Corrie at the time. So we're out in Manchester having a few beers and that we're gonna go for a curry. Come along, so I went along and then Matt Matt Matt, Matt and, yeah. um, and we all went back. We 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 uh, had a bit of a session, you know, and uh, uh, things were talked about and he was like, No, I wanted to play this guy called Nathan and I was like, oh, okay, okay and uh, you know, I took I took nice. a pinch of salt, I thought, you know what, this is everyone's had a beer here. Just forget about it, you know. You know, I think it's good when everyone's had a beer. And uh, next thing, got a, I got a call the week later saying I wanted to play the part of Muzzer. And then, obviously, due to uh, my filming contract at Coronation Street, I'm not able to do that anymore. So, I'm going to play a guy called Wayne now, which is a bit of a smaller part. But it's just a, it's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to be a part of the film. I'm just wondering where Matt's invented Wayne from. He's got to be. He's got an idea somewhere, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you must have, man. You must have yeah. Wayne somewhere. Well, that's right. Wayne. Wayne's my role manager. Yeah, yeah. So all I know, all I know is he's off his head. He's yeah. off his head. Well, maybe, maybe there's a lot of scope for, for script meetings going forward. Wayne, if you'd get involved, James, you bet each other now. Yeah. That could. Uh... Wayne, this is Wayne. Yeah. <laughs>